Well, good morning. If you would please turn in your Bible to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. You're to be commended that you're here today. Um, it's the Lord's Day and it's a wonderful opportunity to be together. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 23 says this, Then you will walk in your way securely, and your feet will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your care, your watch care over us. Uh, You are a faithful God. Uh, You are fully aware of what's going on here on this earth, in this country, in in this state, and in this church. And uh, Lord, you are uh, a wonderful and merciful God. We just pray, Lord, that you would bless our time in your word. May it just be refreshing to us just to remind ourselves of the, the grace that you have given us uh, in this word. And Lord, may we apply it where we need to. And we uh, thank you for these things. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the topic in everybody's mind is the coronavirus, right? Uh, it is uh, it's a respiratory virus that has just this week, been upgraded to a pandemic. Now, I had to look that word up because I just wanted to be precise. And that just means that it has crossed multiple continents. So it's gone into... It's actually just become a worldwide concern. We know that. We see that. Words have crept into our vocabulary this week. uh, COVID-19. Social distancing. And we kind of see that today. There's a lot of churches that, that did not meet. And, and there's some wisdom in that. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit. We have reason to be concerned. Uh, this is a virus that can kill. It's killed thousands so far, and it continues to spread. The government has responded. Schools are closed, of course. Um, hospitals are now beginning to, to close to visitors a lot of churches have have closed and at least going online. Um, the stock market, of course, you've seen that and the response of the stock market. And, and this is good reason to fear. Uh, if there's ever a time to fear, it is now. And our elders spent a long time discussing this uh, last night, whether or yesterday, whether to have a service or not. Is there wisdom? And people may say, you're being irresponsible for having your people come out and gather together. And there might be some of that. And we have to weigh those things. And that's a hard decision. It's a very hard decision. But hard decisions are being made. This is a highly contagious disease. Our governor's calling it a monster. And it's really interesting when you look at the, uh, the map of the West Virginia, or map of the United States, and West Virginia is the only one that uh, does not have the coronavirus, and it does seem like it's looming. There's a case in Virginia, <clears throat> older man, just this week, the age of 70, passed away. This is a scary time. It's a scary thing. Uh, it, this virus enters to the nose or the mouth, the ears. A uh, person who has this uh, COVID-19 
uh, can be contagious for up to 37 days, from what I've been told. It uh, can stay in the air droplets when you cough or sneeze. It can stay there for about three hours, up to three hours. It can stay on surfaces three or four days. Highly contagious. Uh, it affects old people, older people, um, people with pre-existing conditions, underlying health health issues. You've heard that. You know the fears. There's plenty to be afraid of. This is a new virus, actually. And, and that scares me even more because that means there could be even more viruses that, that will come down the pipe. There's no medication to fight it. We haven't created an antibody for it yet. Or, or we're not able to mass produce it yet, anyway. And this virus has mutated. Uh, it's a, essentially a flu virus from what I've been told. And it has developed little hooks on it or some way that it, it, it uh, little barbs that attaches in the lungs. And that's why it causes a shortness of breath when you first get it. And it can appear just as a mild cold or even to the deadly uh, SARS virus. So again, this is the time to be afraid. If there's ever a time to be afraid in the world, we see the world's fear. We see it out there. Um, but at these times, folks, there has to be a voice of reason. There has to be someone to come in and, and say, okay, let's let the emotions die down and let's just think about this for a little bit. I don't want to minimize the, the coronavirus and its effect on our older folks and, and even the fact that kids can carry it into the most vulnerable places and or the most vulnerable people. But there's been worse. There's been worse. You know, from the smallpox uh, epidemics years ago to uh, Ebola, even the common flu can kill uh, 200 to 600,000 people a year worldwide. Even in America, 56,000 people, they say, every year will die of, of the flu, common flu. So when we put that in perspective, you begin to, to realize. Let me give you another t- statistic. You can see this on the screen, I believe. There's other pandemics in the past that, that, have, um, that have occurred. The AIDS virus. Now, it was here a little bit in, in America, but just notice this. From 2005 to 2012, 36 million people were killed. The Hong Kong flu, the million Asian flu... You see the dates there. The Spanish flu in 1918, one year alone, killed 20 to 50 million people. And that's, that's a lot. You see the, um, the other viruses there. Millions and millions of people have died. Now, I don't, again, want to minimize this, but they're just looking at the facts. There, there can be reason for fear, or, or we can calm ourselves by looking at these facts. If you go on to the next slide, you see the coronavirus then worldwide, there's other statistics for the United States, but worldwide you, you see that there's 5,000 deaths, it's 100 and, or 161,000 cases. Now that's as of this morning. In the United States, there's 5,000, almost 6,000 cases, uh, 60 deaths and, and 56 people recovering from it. So even in these difficult times, even in these fearful, panicking times, there can be the voice of reason. And when you look at perspective, you can say, okay, well, maybe the risk isn't so bad, even if we get it. And we are going to get it. It's just a matter of time that 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 map of the United States, West Virginia is going to be 
covered. One of the statements that I heard this week from the governor of New York, I don't really uh, agree with him most of the time, but here's what he said, and I thought this was interesting. The facts don't justify the fear here. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty good. Do we have reason to be concerned? Yes, absolutely. This is a this is a a scary thing. There, there's time for uh, this. This looks like a time for for panic. But do we panic? No, no. E- even though we we can look at the facts and we see these things, that we can still keep our head about us, and we can we can think through these things. This doesn't justify where we look at the world and the world is just worried. They're wringing their hands. They're pacing back and forth. They're, they're panicking. They're, and what we have in mind is, is the Hollywood scene, right? The Hollywood scenes of um, mass hysteria in the streets. And, and we see and we hear that everybody's running out and buying toilet paper. I don't know what that's about. But that's what we see. And it's worldwide fear and it has inflamed our emotions to the point that we we're not thinking rationally we're not thinking reasonably many times and it just seems almost like drama a little bit especially when you're just looking at the the world but it's definitely exposing our theology what do we really believe uh, has God just, uh, he didn't see this coming, he's, he's kind of lost control here. Do we really believe what we say we believe? And I think this really is a, a test, I think, for, for many Christians. Do we really believe that God is in control of these things? Or, or maybe he's lost control, or that he didn't see this coming, he just this slipped up on him. Of course, it just sounds silly to us because we have a right and proper theology. Now, Christians have been facing far worse situations for many, many years. And we can look at at history and we can go back and see how people have dealt with these things in the past. Um, And and there's actually much to be that has been written on these things. Um. There's these times of fear. We as Christians then really can be, because of our theology, because of some of these things we'll we'll go through, we can be the voice of reasoning. I I like what A.W. Tozer said, a frightening world needs a fearless church. And that's right. A frightened world needs a fearless church. This is the time when Christians can, can rise up and, and have some confidence and boldness in, in Christ. Now, confidence and boldness is not limited to the, uh, to the believer, but we do have an opportunity, folks, to display some eternal perspective here and some real hope here and some confidence in Christ. We have that opportunity. We have that opportunity. We do not need to, to panic. The, the song that we, uh, we sang earlier, I, I love that. Um, and I wrote down the, the words so I wouldn't forget it. It says, uh, The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not at him, the body he may kill, but God's truth abideth still. Folks, that, that's true. God is still on His throne. 
Satan may come after us, but, but we don't, we don't tremble at him. Now, we've been looking at warnings from the book of Proverbs, and I think it'd be a good idea for us to look at the warning of panic. The warning of a fear in the book of Proverbs. And in this passage here that I read to you earlier, this is part of a larger passage that uh, Solomon is giving his son, uh, and it's a dissertation basically on wisdom, what wisdom is. And, and this particular passage is, is showing us the benefits of living out wisdom, living out God's principles in our life. And one of the benefits of living out God's principles in our life is that there's no fear. There's, there's rest at night. Look at the passage. Go back and look at the passage again. I think it's, it's there. Um, he says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That's a wonderful verse. That's a picture of stability and a picture of, of, uh, of peace. And that's a picture that really can be of the church. And then we also, it's not just that we, we have no fear, but we also can face danger we can also face danger in, with confidence. With confidence. Now, here's the principle. Here's the principle I want you to see. The child of God can stand in confident boldness in the midst of panic, a worldwide panic. You say, now, where does this confidence come from? Sometimes, folks, we need to just pick up the Word of God and we need to just calm our hearts with the Word of God. Reading through the Word of God and, and deliberately, intentionally applying these things to our heart and mind and our life and just be able to calm ourselves with this Word. And that's this time. That's what we need to be doing. Christians can settle their hearts and minds. So where does this confidence in the, of the believer come from when the world is in a panic? Let me give you, there's two points that I want to point out here. In this passage, first of all, we have to see and we have to understand a biblical perspective of fear. And then we have to have a biblical perspective on overcoming fear. All right? Two, two little points there. And we'll try to go quickly here. Um, where is, uh, number one, where is, what is fear and where does it come from? What is fear and where does it come from? Now, look at the passage here because he, he, uh, he's dealing with fear in verse twenty. Uh, four, he says, well, let's start at verse 23. Then, he says, and I want you to notice that word, we'll come back to that. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. There's our word. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid. He now then turns this. This is one of the benefits of a life of wisdom. And he, then he turns it around. It's, it becomes a command in verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden fears. Of sudden fears. Now that's a specific thing. Sudden fears. Nor of the onslaught of the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence. And he will, he will keep you. Now let's, let's, uh, we understand fear. It's a lack of peace in our life. Uh, and it's this emotion that we have, when, and it's an emotion of, of dread and, and terror that comes into our life. It, in Scripture, it's, it's overwhelming, it's consuming, it's seizing, it, it, it seizes us and can paralyze us. There's two types of fear that we see in Scripture also. First type is ungodly fear. 
We'll look at that. Ungodly fear. But the, the second part is, is godly fear. There is a godly fear. There is a place for fear. Now, let's look at this godly, ungodly fear. An unholy fear. And I, I have some on this a screen for you there. First of all, if you turn over to Proverbs chapter 29, we won't have to read that. I'll just, there's the fear of man. The fear of man. We have to be careful about this. This is an ungodly fear. The fear of what will they think about me? What will they say about me? What were they going to do to me? That's the fear of man. Saul, he was, he, he offered sacrifices, uh, and he shouldn't have. And he said he feared the people. The parents of the blind man in John chapter 9, they feared the, the scribes and the Pharisee to be, because they were going to put them out of the, the temple. Pilate was afraid and he, he had Christ turned over to the Jews. He was afraid to take that stand. There's the, so there's the, the fear of, of man. There's also fear of the gods. Fear of the gods. I thought this was interesting. When you look in Scripture, you kind of see it throughout Scripture. There are those people who are afraid of the gods. And that's what causes this, this worship of false gods. This superstition and this, um, this, the fear of the, the supernatural. Anything that, that's mystical. Uh, it's some things that are unknown. So you have the fear of, of the gods. You say, well, where does this fear come from? Let me give you another fear here. And let me say, it doesn't come from God. Fear doesn't come from God. Uh, Paul made this clear to Timothy. He, he told Timothy with confidence, he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear. That fear that you had, that dread that you have, that uh, internal uh, turmoil that you have, that doesn't come from God, Timothy. He said, God give us the spirit of of power and of love and of sound mind, not the spirit of fear. So it doesn't come from God. Where does it come from? Turn over to Genesis chapter 3. This is the first time that uh, fear is mentioned in Scripture in the third chapter of the Bible. We don't go very far before it's mentioned. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8 is where I want to go. But you know the scene. Adam and Eve are placed in the garden. The serpent comes into the garden, tempts Eve, and she eats of the fruit. She gives it to Adam. Adam eats of the fruit. Of course, they're now guilty before God. And it says in verse 8, they heard the sound of the voice of the, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves. They were fearful. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the the trees. Let's hide behind here. Here, quick. I hear him. He's coming. Let's hide back here. And the Lord God called the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. There's our word. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And the Lord talked to him, confronted him. Who told you that you were afraid? There's fear there, and that fear comes as a result of sin, disobedience before the Lord. So, in general, just the general principle, fear is a result of sin coming into the world. Now, it might not be your personal sin. It might be someone else's sin that's in the world. But it comes from outside this perfect world that God has established. And it's fear. It comes from within man. 
And it's because of fear. This particular fear, they were fearful because of the punishment. They were filthy, fearful, for, fearful because they were, they, were, um, they were guilty before God. And their disobedience had caused them to lose a relationship with God. They start to hide from God. They begin to lose their joy of that relationship with God and they, because they were guilty. They should have been fearful, rightfully so. They had disobeyed, and now their, their Creator was looking for them, and they hid themselves. You say, what do we do in that situation? There's that kind of fear. David was fearful when he, um, when he was in sin, and you can look at up in uh, Proverbs or uh, Psalm 55, 5. Uh, but what David did is he cried out to the Lord. He repented of the Lord. He prayed, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Give me that, or take away this fear and give me that joy that I once had, that close relationship that I had and, and that was taken away because of, because of sin that came into my life. And the key here then is, is repentance. Repentance. How, how do we handle, how do we handle our guilt? How do we handle the guilt that fear that comes as a result of our guilt. That's the good question. And the answer is repentance. When we come before God, He restores that relationship. And I love what First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, that, that this true loving relationship, it casts out fear. There's no fear in love. Love casts out fear. And when there's a genuine love relationship with God, fear dissipates. Fear is gone. Let me give you one last one, and that's back in our passage. And this is uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and it's verse uh, verse five, 25. Do not be afraid of sudden fears. Now, this is a different kind of fear. It's not fear of guilt. It's not fear of punishment. It's not fear of man. This is sudden fears. This is the, the future, something that hasn't happened yet, but it could happen, potentially happen. It's, it's afraid of the, the future, potential. And it's also without warrant here. That means you, you can't really prepare for it because you don't know about it. You, you can't really see it coming. And he says, the, the Scripture says, and this is really consistent throughout Scripture, do not fear of, uh, of sudden fears or, or, or dreads or, or terror. Don't be afraid of that kind of thing. Things that are in the future, the things that you cannot control, things that you cannot see. Why? Because God's going to take care of those. And now, what happens often is that those kinds of fears become irrational fears. This is an irrational fear. This is a hypothetical. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13, you have the lazy man who, who lays in his bed and he says, Oh, I can't go out because there's what? There's a lion in the streets. That's irrational fear. Proverbs 28.1 uh, says that there's a, a man who fears when no one pursues, or he flees when no one pursues. He's afraid, because even when no one's pursuing, and it's probably because of, of guilt. But these are irrational fears. These are hypothetical things that things that might happen. And so often, folks, they become a fixation in our minds. 
They become something that we just replay over and over in our mind. Something that possibly... Can, and, and he says here, do not be afraid of sudden fears. Don't be afraid of those things. Yeah, could they happen? Yes. Is the potential there? Yes. The key here is, of course, verse 25. In verse 25 is, or verse 26 is, is to be confident. Uh, or our confidence comes from the Lord. Verse 26, he says, for the Lord will be your confidence. God's going to be your confidence. He's going to watch over you. He's going to protect you. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There's no one to fear. When God's in control. John 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. There's no fear in that. There's no fear in that. You say, how does this work? Let me pull this together for us. Number one, and I think I have this on the screen, maybe not. We are not to fear unknown and sudden fears. We're not to do that. We're not to do that. When we fixate on those things, it causes us to react and it causes us to to make bad decisions based upon those things. It causes us to overanalyze and and we begin to, to react sinfully. Like Peter. Remember Peter? He's standing by the fire warming his hands, but, but the fear of man. And it's an irrational fear. It's this fear of man, and he, he denies, denies Christ. It causes even deeper and deeper sins here. It drives toward deeper and deeper sins. David, several times in his life that he was afraid and, and he... Uh, and he made poor decisions. Abraham was afraid of the king. And, and he told his wife. Uh, he says, tell him you're my, you're my sister. Foolish decisions. Irrational fears. And God says, do not be afraid of them. Number two, the, the, things that we, the next thing that we do is we, we have to be aware of that. Um, so be aware of those irrational fears. And number two is... Um, once, uh, once those dangers become known, now here's where we are. Once those dangers become known, once we begin to realize that there is something to be afraid of, once we begin to realize, hey, there's a, a coronavirus out, out there, we, then it's not a sudden fear. Then it's not a, then it's not a, uh, something that we don't know. We know that it's there now. And we can start planning for it. And we can start preparing for it. And I think that's exactly what we've done uh, in, in this nation. I think they've, they've done a good job. And I'm uh, very, very glad that they've taken the steps that they have. Um, because it's minimized this whole outbreak. It's minimized things. Why? Because they've taken precautions. That's not an unknown anymore. Now we know it and they begin to attack it. You see that? Folks, this is the pattern of godly people that we've seen throughout history. That's what happens. They're not afraid. They'll go into to difficult places, but they will, um, once that fear is known, they will take precautions. And that's the key. They'll take action. It's just precautions. And then the third step is then we just trust God. Folks, there's some things that we're never going to, and never is going to be perfect. So then we just trust God. Now, here's the balance. On one side, you have presumption. You know about this, but you don't take any precautions and you put yourself in a, in a dangerous situation that is not a good situation. No precautions there. And that's the sin of presumption. 
you just rush and say, oh, the Lord will protect us. The Lord, we don't have to do anything. There's no precautions needed. That's kind of foolish. That's not, that's not good. That's on one side. On the other side is, is just mere panic. It's just, it's just not trusting the Lord at all. On the one side, you have those, um, those faith healers, those people that would handle the snakes and handle the poison and say, oh, God's going to take care of us. That's just foolish. That's foolish. On the other side, you have panic. No. We are to take precautions. We are to trust God and just take normal precautions. Precautions that we would know to have. Now, so, so you, you, we have, we have, we, we cannot fear. We must not fear things that we cannot control. Because then we're putting ourselves up as God. We think we can control everything. And, and so we, we put ourselves out there as though we are God and we can control everything. And, and we can't do that. We have to trust God and, and take the necessary precautions. We have to think through the facts and, and not just react within, in an emotional way. We have to think through these things. And that's what, uh, in 1527, Martin Luther, he wrote a, just a little piece. Uh, someone asked him, what do you do in these cases of uh, a deadly plague? Now, they had just had the Black Plague uh, a, a, a year, a hundred years before, but it was still fresh in everybody's mind because it wiped out half of London. It was a huge, huge thing. Martin Luther, he, uh, he just, he said this very principle, just, Prepare and just trust the Lord. Take precautions and trust the Lord. Now, that's just summing up. I know it's kind of a basic principle, but that is so true, folks. Just prepare and trust the Lord. When missionaries go into to, uh, unknown places, places where there's danger, uh, the, the normal things that missionaries do, they, they try to take precautions. Justin and I were talking about this this week. We look back and we say, well, why didn't they uh, have precautions about this and that and this? And, you know, they probably took as much precautions as they could. Now, we can be foolish. We don't want to be foolish and, and ignorant and rush into danger when, when we can take normal precautions. We have to be careful. But I tell you what, it can produce a church that has confidence. That has confidence in, in God. And, and we can have the, be the voice of reason and thinking through these things. So let's just apply this quickly. Uh, maybe the application is already in the board. We must realize there are sinful fears. We've got to realize that fear that you have could be a sinful fear. It could be the result of, of guilt. It could be the result of fearing man. It could be the result of, of fearing the superstition, the unknown. We have to rein those fears in. There's no justification for those fears. We are to not be afraid of those fears. Those fears are irrational. Number two, we have to examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. And we have to say, Lord, is there anything, any sin within me that that I need to confess? Any sin that's causing me to, to be fearful? And we need to repent of those sins. Because guilt can cause us to be fearful people. I think uh, John Calvin said it very well. <clears throat> he said, uh, a life that's free from anxiety is, is going to be a life that is well-ordered. You want free from anxiety, you order your life. You take the precautions of your life and, for your life and, and you just do those things. Now, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Now, 
Let me uh, go to the next one. Fear doesn't come from God. It comes from within man. And we have to take precautions. Number two, how then do we overcome fear? How do we overcome fear in our lives? Let me just do there's three quick little points here that I want you to note. And they're going to be from this passage that we that we've, uh, are looking at here. Proverbs chapter 3. The first one is we have to have sound theology. Sound theology. Now, I want you to look at your Bible in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, because we're, we're going to broaden out the context here. And the Lord said, or it says, By the Lord's wisdom, uh, by the Lord, wis- wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up. Now, he's talking about the flood times there. God created. He, he was there in the flood. He, he broke those uh, continents up and separated those continents during that flood. The waters come up. It says, my son, let them not vanish from your sight. What? What is he talking about? The principles that God used, he, that he created, that he is in charge, that he is a massively powerful God. That's the principles. The, these principles of wisdom that he has infused into his, his creation. And he says, my son, let them not vanish from your sight. These, these basic principles of, of who God is. He says, keep sound wisdom and discernment. We would call that today, we would just call that sound theology. We have to have a proper understanding of God, that, that God is the one who is in control of these things. It is His universe. He created it. We need to know the attributes of God. We need to know His character, what He likes and what He dislikes, His affection. We, we need to know the fact that He is uh, redeeming man for His purposes. We need to know the price that He paid, His only Son, we need to know the works that he is working uh, today is through his church. We need to know that someday in the future he's going to come back and establish a new heaven and a new earth. We need to know the facts that we will stand before God in judgment someday. These are facts that we need to know. This is theology. There has to be a sound theology and a right perspective of these things. Now, just by way of application, we will never lose fear, folks, until we have a firm grasp of theology, until we know God in His infinite glory, in His, uh, in His sovereign control. And we have to be careful. This is not just a head knowledge. This is a real-time knowledge. This is something that we can't just sign a doctrinal statement. Okay, I have my doctrine down. No, this is the way you live your life. You've got to keep this. This is sound wisdom and discernment in your life at your point in time. This is for you. This is a, a knowledge that comes from experiencing and realizing this God. Number two, so we have confidence of confidence comes from a sound theology. Uh, the, number two is it comes from the reality of a spiritual life in verse 22. So they will live, uh, so they will be life to your soul. So you internalize these. This theology comes into your life. This, this wisdom, God's principles, God's wisdom comes into your life and it be, becomes to you, it says, so they'll, they will be life to your soul. The, the quickening power of the Word of God becomes life to you. It, it gives you new birth, and there's now movement and strength and growth and energy. It, it's new life there. 
And it's eternal life. And it's life to your soul. That's internal. That's a spiritual life. That's a, a, a new birth, as Christ would say it, to our souls, to our inner person. And this new life, folks, brings with it a new attitude. So we can say with Paul, this is an eternal life. We can say with Paul, death, where's your, your victory? Death has no, has no uh, rule and reign over us anymore. All death does is usher us into the eternal presence of God. Christ conquered death. We could say with Paul, I have, I have, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. We can say with Paul, whether I live or die, I am the Lord's. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We can have that kind of attitude, folks. Because of this new life, because of a theology that has produced a new life within us. And again, Paul would examine, say, examine yourself. Peter was fearful of man. Abraham was fearful of man. Sometimes those things are a test. And again, I, I think this could be a test to the American church. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust God? Do we have the confidence from the theology that we have? Is it real or is it just a signed piece of paper? Is there really new life there or is it just a pretend? Is it just a, a fake Christianity, a fake religion? Is it real? Confidence in a, a new life, a, a renewed heart. And then the last one is just authentic obedience. The, the end of verse 22 says, So they will be. This is God's principles, God's wisdom. So it will be life to your soul and adornment to, to your neck. That means you're going to wear it. People can see it. This is talking about godliness. It's a change from the inside, but, but people are going to be able to see it. The word uh, uh, adornment there is just uh, clothing, essentially. I like what one commentary said. He said, the proper management of God's sound principles. That's what it is. A proper management of God's sound principles. Folks, when we are living a life of obedience to God, and this is what it is, just living it out, obedience to God, the responsibility of our lives is in God's hands. When we are focused on our responsibilities, where we should be, not internal, and what about this, and, and what about that, and, and fearful thoughts. No, we're focused on just obedience to God, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and then let God take care of our life. Now, that's a different perspective. I haven't heard that on the news. We, we focus our responsibility and we trust God. You know what? That's why I wash my hands. That's why we may not have church next Sunday. Because we love people. And we're going to take the necessary precautions. We have a responsibility. Godliness is working within us. And, and it says, look, if I love my neighbor, I'm going to, I'm going to take those precautions. And that's a good perspective to have. That's what we are to do. So we, we have those three elements. A sound theology, a new life within, and a just sheer obedience being worked out in our life. Folks, that gives us confidence in Christ. That's where that confidence comes from. It says in verse 23, Then you will walk in the way securely. When you lie down, you will not fear. 
Those things have to happen first. That's the condition that theology, that proper understanding relationship with God has to be laid first. That godliness has to be developed in your life. That perspective that Paul has has to be developed in your life. And then you will have peace within. And this, this coronavirus, folks, can be a real test for the church. And I'm not sure we're passing. But, but a child of God can stand. We, folks, can stand in this world when this world is panicking and we can stand with confidence and we can stand with boldness and our p- confidence and boldness are not in ourselves, not in the facts necessarily, but they're in Christ. <clears throat> they're in Christ. Christians can be the voice of reason in panic. Um, sometimes we need to just stop, though, and we need to take the Word of God, and we need to settle our own hearts, deliberately and intentionally calm our own fears. A lady texted me, and we'll, we'll close with this. She messaged me this week on Facebook. This is a new friend. She, asked, she requested to be friends, and uh, so I'm, I'm now her friend. This is an older lady, I, I think, and but she, she texted me and she messaged me and she said, what do you think John MacArthur would say about this coronavirus? I said, well, I can't answer for John MacArthur. But I said, it'd be something along the lines of, of go home and wash your hands and trust the Lord. That's the basic, simple answer. Take the necessary precautions and then just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Folks, we can be the, the voice of reason we take the precautions, but we, we, we can have confidence. We can be bold. This is one of those times, I think, that Christians can really stand out in the world. We can be the calm, calming influence that this, this world needs. When the world is fearful, the world needs a fearless church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the calming effect of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to stand in this world, to be the voice of reason, and to think through these things, and have an eternal perspective, have a hope that does not die, and have confidence in Christ that He is God and He is still on the throne and He is in control. Lord, may we take the precautions, even this week. Lord, give us wisdom, even, to take the precautions. Help us to know. Help our fears to not be unfounded. Help us to, uh, to not be caught up in this, this panicky fear that the world has. Seem to always have it, but particularly now. Help us to not be caught up into that. and Help us to calm, be able to calm our fears with the Word of God, knowing that, that we are in Christ Our our eternity is sealed and death is just a welcomed welcomed opportunity to come right into the eternal presence of God. May we have that perspective and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.